0: Uh, count me in. Count you in? Yeah. Three, two, one, go. Okay, wait, should I do it? Oh, should I clap? You? Oh, I thought you wanted to count down this two the cla- whole thing. Okay, the whole five, thing. four, three, two, one, zero. let Been announced as playing Commissioner Gordon and the Rob Pattinson Batman movie that's in development. I guess that makes him the right man for the job. And welcome back to Zero Credits, the show where we talk about things. My name is Henry. And my name is John. And together we're Henry and John coming at you. To discuss the cultural happenings of that there zeitgeist, welcome to the first normal episode of Season 4 of Zero Credits. I feel like Jeffrey Wright is a fantastic choice for Commissioner Gordon, because I feel like Commissioner Gordon looks disapprovingly over his glasses often. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think Jeffrey Wright has looked through his glasses once. There are two things about Commissioner Gordon. You speak softly, and you wear glasses, and Jeffrey Wright can tick both of those off effortlessly I'm getting kind of excited for this rob Pattinson Batman movie. I am in the great minority in that I believe that Rob Pattinson is actually uh really good i yeah. think he's, I think he's a I think both him and Kristen Stewart are really good actors that a lot of people malign uh mistakenly, I didn't want to alliterate there, but there was no way around it. Uh, they uh, they erroneously malign because of their presence in the Twilight movies, but both of them are really, like, genuinely good. Yeah, I think Rob Pattinson has definitely grown a lot since the vampire teenage heartthrob days. A role that he doesn't like and, and didn't like and only did for the money and I can't begrudge him that. I mean, when he's 60, 70 years old, you look back on a career full of interesting artistic choices that started with vampire baseball. I mean, here's the thing. Tom Hanks is lauded as one of the best actors of our time, one of the nicest people ever. You, re- re- you rewind the clock a couple of decades, and he was in Bosom Buddies. He was in Bosom Buddies, uh, the greatest television show ever made. I, I mean, it's like a sitcom. I don't yeah. know. Who cares? He was also in the Burbs, which was really good. But Robert Robert Pattinson's been well, a lot I'm not of good talking, stuff too. I'm not talking about good movies. I'm saying Yeah. I think a lot of actors have taken a bum project here and there that they might get known for. Like of course like Shia LaBeouf was in the limelight with the Transformers movies, and now he's doing all these little indie art film art house films, which I feel like, hey, that's that's great, you know, he found what he likes. It's like Daniel Radcliffe being in Horns or in Swiss Army Man. Like, or Equus. Or Equus. Like, he did Harry Potter, he made his bread, and now he can choose whatever project he wants, and he keeps picking the really weird ones, which I have to respect. I feel like it's it's almost a different kind of, uh... It's almost a different calculus, because if you look at, it, like, a Robert Pattinson or a Daniel Radcliffe, they made weird choices because they wanted to. And I wouldn't say the trial of buff would not have made those weird choices, but he also got pretty hardcore blackballed from a lot of projects, which kind of forced him to be more arty. Which I think plays more to what he wants to be about anyway. Yeah. From what I know about what happened in the interviews and, and behind, behind the scenes of Indiana Jones 4, uh, the one that you insist does not exist... Uh, I think he doesn't want to be in the blockbusters anymore. I, I think he want, he's doing exactly what he wants to do. I mean, blockbuster films are... They're eventually going to die. We're in a bubble. Oh, what is this Speaking beverage? Speaking of bubbles, I'm still polishing my way through these uh, Sierra Nevada Torpedo Extra IPAs. I saw a billboard for this beverage coming back from a night on the town with you mm. and our friends. Mm. Sierra Nevada apparently advertises uh, have you considered that you're actually in hell and that the more of these you drink the more they influence your life i would watch a movie about that i would watch a movie where it's like there's a substance or something that is introduced innocuously to the protagonist and the more they consume the more it just kind of like dominates the 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 visual perception of the movie so uh you want to slurm it yeah slur movie yeah, a movie with slurs. I'm, I'm, no, I thought you said slurs. <laughs> I did. I did say slurm like My Futurama. Fr- Futurama. All right, John. A lot of things have happened in the past two days. It's been a it's been a busy week, even though it's only been two days long. I don't know if the listeners can pick up on this, but I'm very down right now, and I don't want to bring everybody down. But I want to let I, I want to, I want to shed a little insight on what I think would cause a man to snap and get all twisted. Uh-huh. Like, like I, a like a twisted Joker's trick. Like a twisted Joker's trick. And I'm not going to I'm not saying I know the plot of the Joker starring Joaquin Phoenix, but I can make a very educated guess. Yeah. Is that something is that is that something interesting? Is that <laughs> is that worth talking about? No, I think that's worth talking about. All right. So, this Joker movie's going to it's going to open up With uh, a guy sitting in front of a laptop computer, hitting apply to a job application. Mm -hmm. Like, maybe he, he like, falters for a second. He kind of, like, you got a will-he-won't-he kind of situation going on. But he hits supply. He hits apply. (laughs) He hits the supply button. He hits the apply button, let's say, on August 30th. Uh Uh-huh. And then we see him go through... Weeks pass, and we see him go through an initial phone call interview and then another phone call interview. And, like, he's got another job that he doesn't like, and the responsibilities are piling up Uh at that other job. And he keeps kind of like putting them off because he wants to jump ship Mm -hmm. with this new job. And let's say two months pass after hitting click, after hitting this apply button. Two months pass, and then finally a friend from the company that he applied to calls him after work on a Monday and tells him, hey, I've met the person they hired for your spot. You're not getting it. Mm-hmm. And he just goes crazy, man. He just, like, puts on clown makeup? He just puts on some clown makeup? He goes dancing down some stairs because he's completely snapped. He's become twisted. Now, I think that's, uh, that's a pretty unrealistic premise. Could never could never happen in real life. Uh, but if we were to entertain that it is possible to live in a world uh, where jobs will ghost you and not talk to you and, and hiring managers and directors never follow up, that would be the greatest nightmare of all. And I think if it happened to enough, like to one person enough, you know, it's like the killing joke. All you need is one bad day, Uh but in this case it's like one bad interview experience or application experience that lasts two months and then you don't get the job at the end. That might cause somebody to go shop at Hot Topic. Ooh, someone needs to buy some, uh, you're not locked in here with You're not, I'm not locked in here with you. You're locked in here with me shit. Yeah, you know, some of that, some of that twisted stuff, like a Spencer's Gifts. (laughs) Ooh, like a Planet K. Oh, man. Uh, the job interview market is horrible right now. I, listen, I'm very lucky, and thinking about how I got my current job, it seems like a dream, because I applied for it, was responded to the following day. (laughs) and had the job two weeks later. Which never, it does not happen. But I, I, I have friends who are looking for jobs in the Austin area right now, and some employers will string them along for two, three, four, maybe even six months. That's insane. I talked to someone who's trying to get a, it's not the most amazing job in the world, but it's a, it's a programming job. And he's had to go through six different tests with them. That's He's been working with them for five months. He has to commute and take time off to go and do these things. It's insane. Yeah, it's insane. I mean, it's a a buyer's market because uh, the class divide that exists in America right now is deeper than it's ever been. And we're just now hoping to... uh, To bridge that divide a little bit maybe in the few next years. Uh, But employers have all of the power. Because we are poorer than we've ever been. And That might just drive a man mad. Like a joker. He might laugh at the situation, but there's nothing funny about the situation that warrants laughter. Thus it is unnerving. And it's crazy town bonker pants. He might dye his hair green. He very well might. He might, uh, wear lipstick. Here's the thing. I feel like if he does all of this, he's like, well, now they can't employ me and thus they have to. It's the paradox. Like, they wouldn't hire a mild-mannered normal person, but if I walk in looking like a Faygo drinking, uh, what do they call him? Juggalo. Uh-huh. Then they'll, they, they'll have to hire me because they're like, oh, this guy's got some something going on. Do you think that neck tattoos are the version of becoming the Joker? Yes. They say damaged. They say damaged. They that you get a little happy face over your mouth uh, on your hand. Oh, nice. So you can cover your mouth. Yeah, very cute. Uh, you get piercings everywhere, some golden grill teeth, you know. Yeah. yeah. That's how you get a job. <laughs> that's how you get a Joker. That's how you get a job. You know, you can't spell Job without the first two letters of Joker. And I think that's the real joke. And you can't spell Job without the same letters as Job. The person in the Bible who was put through a series of tests uh, to prove his worth to a God who didn't reward him. Now, this is interesting. Now, a hypothetical situation I want to posit to you. Uh, what Say you have, like, a, a nice, loving family, some great farms livestock you've got everything you could want in this time and age and then one by one you lose all of those things and even your face gets covered in boils Mm -hmm. and your friends try to help you but you don't want any help that might cause a man to become twisted (laughs) like a twisted joker like some type of twisted joker i think that's probably the plot i think both of those are both the plot of the joker now here's the thing No one really knows the origin of the Joker. So who's to say it's not Job from the Bible? (laughs) Job from the Bible might be the modern day Joker. See, he keeps trying to go around and say, "Ah, I'm Job. And they're like, oh, what a Joker. We Mm -hmm. all know Job's from the Bible. It's like, no, it's me. I'm Job. Yeah, he's like, you know how I got these scars from the surgery to remove the boils that God put on my face. And they're like, "What a Joker!" And he, he that makes him even even more twisted. And then he becomes, and then he refers to himself as the Joker because his mind is so far gone yeah. from the age. I'm not. Look, all I'm trying to say is, I'm not going to become the Joker. But I can see the allure. <laughs> yes. Never has the the membrane between normal life and the Joker been so thin. Yeah, I could see the inclinations. I can kind of be like, okay. Yeah. Joker's I, got a point. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I wouldn't act on it, but, yeah. you know, you know he's, he's got some good points. There's some compelling reasons yeah. why one would turn to a... Insane, lunatic life of crime. Yeah, I mean, you you don't have to like the Joker to say he's got some good points. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, you don't have to love the guy. You don't have to love him, but, but you tell me he's up there and he doesn't have a point. <laughs> about all those people he talks about. <laughs> On his radio show. Yeah, like, you mean to tell me you can watch a whole Joker rally and not get like one thing you agree with? I'm just saying you oh, don't have to love him. Uh, this is dangerous. <laughs> this is this is some slippery slope bullshit. <laughs> and turning into the Joker isn't. Yeah, I I just want like that sucks. And everyone like I the yeah, there was a lot of annoying things during this this two month period that happened to this man yes and uh one of them was that there's there were people in his life who would just send him an texts text like hear anything yet oh yeah oh dude so looking for a job two parts it is uh you know the black and white cookies half is white half is chocolate yes uh, it is that, but both sides are uh, existential despair because one yeah. is the uh, doubt of your self-image in applying for a job, which is constantly brought into question because you're wondering how you do, how you are. Like, am I not good enough? Am I? Did not I not, good I not dress well enough? I got my hair cut. Should I not have? And then there's the external despair of how you appear to others as someone who is searching for a job. You're like, do I look? Pathetic. Does this seem strange that I haven't heard back yet? Do people pity me? It's like they even had me do like this little exercise, like an evaluation or a test, if you will. And, it, you know, I wasn't confident about that either. And, and a, there was a point where it's was like, well, did I do bad? And But then when they finally did call to say, hey, you didn't get it. They mentioned that and they're like, your writing sample and your evaluation were really good. It's like, well, then what's the dealio? Like, yeah the uh the actual thing that ends up getting someone hired uh is there's no way to control it yeah there are so many variables it is uncontrollable it, it it's that like the people like to throw around the word crap shoot and it kind of is it is kind of like a shoot full of crap that you have to go down and then at the end if you don't get like hired or like they don't open the side door you're just left and what i can only assume is a pit full of crap you just drown in crap and that might make a man <laughs> <laughs> you fall into a, a pit of the crap and then you emerge changed you were just an illusionist before now you're a joker now you're a twisted joker it it sucks and, and uh, was, but one of like i had a, i had a, one acquaintance who xed every day oh no every day over slack it was have you heard anything yet and like I ranted I think maybe to you and I ranted definitely to my wife about how it's like look when I hear something I will tell you like what do you think like I'm holding this information to myself Mm -hmm. it's like but also what does that person get out of that I don't very little do they listen to the podcast they don't okay good uh, yeah, I can't imagine what they would truly get out of that interaction. Uh, whenever I was looking for a job, and I, uh, moved in and out of looking for a job, uh, people will always message me, I'm like, I'm just never gonna tell people when I look for a job again. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I have gotten really good, I, I usually, I mean, my, my rule is don't tell anybody until it happens. Yeah. Until either you pass or fail. Um... But in this case, it was it, this was the longest process that I've been through. So after, like, a month and a half, I, I, I told my parents and I told people at work. Yeah, it's a big part of your life at that point. Because, I mean, and a part of me was already checked out at work. I'm like, well, I don't have to worry about this shit anymore because yeah. I'm going to be out of here. And then, like, when, when, when my friend, I keep calling her my friend. It's your girlfriend, Allison. Uh-huh. When she called me to tell me. Like a mirror, I heard the sounds of a mirror breaking in my head. It's like, oh, shit. All those things (laughs) you've been putting off at work now, now they matter. Oh no, my illusions. (laughs) Oh God, my Ed Norton (laughs) illusions. Uh, there there are definitely like moments in life where people tell you things and you're like on the floor being like, my illusions, my <laughs> sweet, sweet illusions. <laughs> the lies I've been telling myself. The things I knew weren't real all yeah. along aren't real. The lies I've been telling myself about my life are now actually lies <laughs> and not early truths. Yeah, it's it's the lies that I knew were lies when I was telling them are now definitively lies. Because yeah. sometimes we lie to ourselves and we're like, That might be true. Yeah, I mean, you can't prove that it's not. (laughs) It's not true yet, but it could be true in some form. Yeah, it's like if there was a way for, like, some, Like, if fortune-telling was real and someone came up and said, you will never have a million dollars. Yeah. And then you're like, no, my dreams! My My lies to myself about my millions! I mean, I I think that would apply to, I would say, 90% of the population... If a fortune teller came out on, like, national TV and said, hey, 90% of you, and I have the names. Here's the list. Here's the list. You, None of you will ever be millionaires. And I think a lot of people's, like, a lot of people would feel that pull to become twisted. Yes. <laughs> that is the largest, uh, that is the maximum level Joker event. And I think that's what the Joker's about. He's mass like, Joker event. The Mass Joker event. I think that's what the character of the Joker is about. I'm no, di- I mean, he's no different from you. He's just he's woken up to the fact that the game is against him. Yeah, and so he's going to not play by the game's rules and kill people and rob banks because he's like, ha, it's so funny. Yeah, the fictional this, character. Yeah, the, this fictional character that we're talking about who's uh-huh. twisted. Yeah, kind of in a way that's similar to myself. But once again a hundred percent fictional. There's there's a very I'm conflicted about this subreddit. Uh it's called Gamers Rise Up. Okay. And the the basic conceit of the joke is that gamers are the most oppressed group of all, and so they need to rise up against society. Okay. Because they're so oppressed. It's a very it's like a satire group. It's a right? satire group, and it's very heavy handed, and there's no, there's not a lot of like, subtlety or nuance to it, but one of my favorite things they say is, we live in a society. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a full sentence. Because, like, people who are, like, trying to explain how things are oppressive, they always say, like, we live in a society where this or this is systematic, blah, blah, blah. But for the satire version of the joke, it's just like, well, we live in a society. <laughs> yes. But the thing is... The character of the Joker, I would think, is like, yeah, that is the problem. Yeah. We live in this, this place of pre, or like prescribed rules that none of us voted on, mm-hmm. that were decided years and decades ago. Yeah. And now, me, the Joker, I'm going to make a joke out of it by, by not following the society because I, I feel like that is the joke. So, I mean, he feels like society is the joke. Yeah. The uh the thing about the Joker is that he's not the one telling the jokes, he's just the only one laughing at it. Yeah. Here's a weird a weird uh word origin kind of thing. Do you know what outlaw means or what it meant originally? A uh, one who is out law. No? I you, yeah, really? What but, but but not the way you think. It's not like not it's not one who goes against the laws. Outlaw literally meant one who the law no longer protects. Oh, like an outcast. Like an outcast or like so so it's like there was no protection. The police would not stop a mob from going after an outlaw mm-hmm. because they broke the contract. Oh, society is a contract. You don't do bad things against me and I won't do bad things against you and we've got these people to enforce them. But someone who breaks that contract they're not they don't receive any protection but at some point uh, we live in a society uh, at some point society decided that the social contract is something that must be upheld on pain of death yeah so to to leave the social contract and the social construct now is you will die yes. and you will be killed you will be killed by the society because it yeah a lot of successful societies Throughout time, have had uh, exile and excommunication, uh, the witch. and and uh, the the casting out of of heretical or, or countermanding thought. And it's like, yes, we have a society, and our social contract is that you play by our rules, and we protect you. Otherwise, you leave, and yeah. you make your own shit, and you'll probably die. But now it is, we have a society, and if you do not cooperate with these rules, you will be murdered by the society. They will murder you in, quote, the most humane way possible. Yeah. Which, when you look into it, like, lethal injection? Not humane. Yeah. Because they, skipped, they skimp on the cost. Yes. Which is hilariously and awful, and let's... Why kill people? Why kill people? Why kill people? Anyway. So, look... It's easy to feel the pull to the twisted side. It's easy to to, to see maybe where the choker is coming from. He's got some good points. And maybe that's why the movie is being made or has been made and that's why Todd Howard, that's not his name. Todd Phillips. Ton, ton... nailed it. Yeah. Ton, t- ton Ton from Star Wars? Yeah, that's why Ton Ton from Star No, Todd Phillips made the movie with Joaquin Phoenix. Are you going to become a big Joker fan now? I'm going to see, to see the movie. I think I'm going to see the movie. You're going to buy me a ticket? What? I'm not going to pay for a ticket. I don't know if I'm going to buy you a ticket. Buy me a ticket. We're going to have a supplemental reading. Sneak me in. Well, <laughs> we're not going to have a supplemental reading unless you buy me a ticket. No, no, no. Here's, well, you'll just be under my shirt. Ooh. You know, they passed the law in Austin recently. Jesus Christ. Sorry, lady. Uh, They passed a law in Austin recently that you can take your podcast co-host with you, but only (laughs) if they fit in a bag. Wow! So it's going to be a bag with like four holes cut out for all of my limbs to hang (laughs) out of the bottom of. Turtling. Yeah, yeah, that's great. It's going to be a big bag. Uh, Enough about the Joker. Okay, I'm going to talk to you about the biggest Joker of them all, and that's the. Big old, uh, big old comrade Cheeto that we got in the White House. Let me Uh. tell you about, let me tell you about that bad orange man. Let me tell you about that, let me talk about that Cheeto burrito. Let me talk about... Lord, listen, uh, we live in a society. (laughs) Let me tell you about that bad, bad man upstairs. (laughs) You're using a bunch of language that people use when they make fun of... (laughs) The left. But I don't know where you're coming from. Because, like, Orange Man Bad is, like, that's how people make fun of late night talk shows these days. Yeah, I also think it's not necessarily uh, using that language to mock people who are... On the left, maybe it's to mock people who are, like, left of center. Like, real, like, Russia heads. There's no... Look, John, there's no... Real hashtag resistance folks. There is no center anymore. The cent... Uh, there's... There's centrists. No. A.K.A. fascists. No one exists. Uh... There's no... There's no sides. There's sides. No... There's a right side There's the jokers side. and non-jokers, John. Yeah, there's jokers to the left of me. Jokers on my right. Here I am. Not the, not not in the center. <laughs> not in the center. Uh but yeah, you want to talk freaking about freaking Cheeto. You want to talk about the 45? Uh I don't I only want to talk about the 45, and we're talking about the Colt 45, which I'm loading with seven bullets and taking straight to the This is a joke analogy for what's happening. All right. This is a figurative gun that's not literal. Yeah, it is a figurative gun that I have in my car right now. (laughs) <laughs> look <laughs> you mean the Joker has a <laughs> yeah, the, the fictional character of the Joker uh, the only thing that I do want to talk about is a lot has happened this Tuesday yeah a lot happened in the past four hours it feels like so you know how we uh, on this podcast we stay in the AOC we love AOC and when she was bringing up the idea of anyone over a certain net worth paying or receiving a certain amount of income pays like a 90% Marginal uh, tax rate on that income. We thought that we were honor bound on the podcast to explain how that worked, right? Yeah, yeah, and we did because it was all over the news, and a lot of people were doing a disservice to her statements and taking a lot of power out of them by completely misunderstanding how taxes work, which is crazy because since we all pay them, you think we would know how they work? You think they would cover that in school? But I feel like fidelity, not fidelity, like H and R Block are lobbying hard against teaching tax law in school. There used to be, like, a civics class, mm. uh, which is important. It teaches you how to live in a society. Uh, however, something that happened today, which I feel like we maybe need to talk about a little bit, is, uh, it's the big I word. Iota. Iowa, no. Impeachment. Yes, yeah, so, Speaker Nancy Pelosi... After uh, months of consternation and urging from uh, from quite a few, from a, a grip of Democratic uh, congressmen and congresswomen, um, a lot of whom were freshmen, and an outcry of public opinion to uh, take to put impeachment back on the table because Nancy Pelosi on the record has said that impeachment is off the table like it's not an option. Uh, but after uh, this most recent development, she has said, unequivocally, that an impeachment inquiry yeah, in will court. take place. So so that, that's at least the first step. Impeachment is a very long, long process. And even if a president or sitting official, it doesn't even have to be a president, even if a sitting official is impeached, that doesn't mean they have to leave office. So here's what I... So from my reading of... Uh, people's opinions of this, and even some reading in, like, articles that cover this at the highest level, of uh, like 5,000-foot view, 50,000-foot view. Uh, the, the issue that I've got with how people are covering impeachment is they seem to believe that impeachment is you will receive some kind of majority, either from the lower or the upper part of our sweet bicameral legislature, uh, and somehow, in that majority the president the president will then become impeached. When a president is thus impeached, uh, they will cede power to the vice president and then government will continue as it was. Uh, and that could not be farther from the truth. Uh, impeachment is an extremely complicated process. Uh, Henry, quick quiz: How many presidents have been impeached successfully? Is ever. That- what do you mean... Because the answer can vary. There yes. have been three impeachment trials in our yes. history. I think only one of those was, quote, successful, and that's Bill Clinton. It was not. He was impeached. Uh, Bill Clinton was impeached. Mm-hmm. He was acquitted and returned to office. Andrew... Jackson? Andrew Jackson. Andrew Johnson. Some Andrew. He was impeached, acquitted, returned to office. Yes. Richard Nixon wasn't, was not impeached. He resigned before they could do it. He, resi- he resigned in 1974 before they could yeah. uh, proceed with impeachment because he had a pretty good chance of actually, okay, he had a good chance of going to the end stage of impeachment. Mm-hmm. So let's walk from step one to the final step of how impeachment would work. Uh, because I feel like our fans need to know and people are getting this wrong. So an inquiry into impeachment is taking place. What does that mean? Effectively, nothing. (laughs) Yeah, doesn't, doesn't it mean like they're trying to see if there's enough evidence to go, quote, to trial? No. Okay. The impeachment inquiry means they are trying to see if they could potentially have enough votes based on evidence being... Uh, substantial enough for trial to win a simple majority in the uh, House of Representatives. Now, that is the first and easiest step. So when an impeachment inquiry happens, if they find that they could get enough votes to say that the evidence is sufficient enough to impeach, all they need is a simple majority. Yes. A mere 218 votes. Okay. Okay. If they get a simple majority, and by the way, like 159 Democratic Congress people have essentially signed off on this. Okay. So about, I don't know, like 76 or whatever are uh, keeping the trap shut. The House is democratically controlled right now. So one would imagine that if impeachment is on the table, it might be relatively easy to obtain a simple majority to say that you want to proceed with impeachment. And that's not... Yeah. All the House vote determines is if the House wants, by a simple majority vote, to proceed or not. Yes. They say, is the evidence sufficient and do we want to proceed? If we proceed, then you enter the Super Bowl. The the big game, impeachment itself. Impeachment is essentially analogous to an indictment. Right? So, this is... Essentially the trial. It is bringing a charge against the president or an acting federal official. Yeah, it's like subpoenaing somebody to appear before a judge. Yes. So the, the end goal of impeachment is if the evidence is sufficient, it is then brought to a vote to the Senate. The Senate is, of course, controlled by Republicans right now. And don't you need a two-thirds majority? You need a two-thirds majority for impeachment to pass the Senate to convict the president. Yeah. In a Senate that is Republican-controlled, what are the chances we could get a two-thirds majority to convict the president? I say essentially zero. And isn't this the step where I don't think any impeachment has succeeded Yes, no impeachment has... No president has been convicted through impeachment. So, yeah, okay. So, you have to get a two-thirds majority in a Republican-controlled Senate Mm -hmm. to convict the president, right? Right. You just spiked the football. Yeah. Touchdown! However, the president then has to cede his position. Yeah. The president has to be willing to leave office... And considering the fact that there are some people who aren't sure that he will leave office if he loses an election, uh, what are the chances that he would actually lose office if he was convicted? Uh, there's some theory crafting out there that if he did not leave office, he is a convicted criminal of high crimes at the federal level, uh, and we might have to use the military to arrest him. Uh, which would be pretty sweet. That'd be fun. Yeah. So, so basically what impeachment comes down to is this is the only way you can bring a court case to people in high power. Yes. The only way to bring a court case to people in high power is uh, an impossible scenario. It, it's Impeachment is so unlikely to succeed and a lot of people are very much like... I'm so of two minds about this. A lot of people are very in favor of impeachment. And I am too in that I think that our governmental system is something that on paper works. uh, And I think that if you have someone uh, sitting in power who is like flagrantly disregarding the laws of our nation uh, and making lawlessness a virtue, as Nancy Pelosi says. I don't like a lot of the things Nancy Pelosi says, but that's a good way to put it. Uh, if she's trans- if they are transforming American culture into one of like lawlessness and degradation, I think that you should proceed with whatever tools are available to you to remove that person. But part of me also truly believes it's a waste of time because there is no way that I can see impeachment actually successfully convicting the president and then, by extension, him actually ceding power. Yeah, I don't I don't see that happening. Also, if a sitting president was impeached, uh, the financial markets would fucking explode. Pretty much. Uh, so there's a lot of vested interest uh, in terms of money to keep uh, impeachment from proceeding to full conviction anyway. Maybe this is what causes the, the downfall of the American economy and uh, the end of capitalism. So you might... Think, I'm not saying that it's likely, but it's yeah. a possibility. But of course, if If the sitting president was impeached, he goes through all of those steps. He is eventually arrested by the military. That might be something that would make someone twisted. Yeah. That might be something that might... Oh boy, that might might be the most twisted. It might be the most twisted Joker's trick of all. Yeah. To be impeached. To be impeached. Some say it was the radioactive vat that he fell into that made him twisted. I say it's when he got impeached. <laughs> yeah, it was when Job from the Bible was impeached as president. Uh, by the way, they're all the same person. Yeah. Yeah. So Andrew Johnson was indeed the person, not Andrew Jackson. No, Andrew Jackson had a lot of other shit going he had on. had a lot there. of shit, yeah. And breaking up the Federal Reserve and all that. Whatever he did. Yeah. Andrew Johnson. What was he, like 1888? 18... 1886. Fuck sorry I was so 1868, close. eighteen sixty eight my my dysgraphia. I was way too yeah. I was way off. Yeah, and apparently he was accused of uh I just had it up, it's gone now. Battery. <laughs> <laughs> no, accused of violating the eighteen sixty seven Tenure of Office Act by removing Secretary of War Edward Edwin Stanton and attempting to replace him with General Lorenzo Thomas. Man, what a simpler time. This yeah, this was simply like A personnel change that triggered an impeachment vote. And, uh... Of course we know what Bill Clinton did. Yeah, we know what Bill Clinton did. And Uh, we know what Richard Nixon did. And we know what Richard Nixon did. And, uh, I guess we know what Trump did in this circumstance. In that the thing that we're saying is that he attempted to bribe or somewhat extort by withholding federal aid to Ukraine... By trying to find dirt on Hunter Biden and, by extension, Joe Biden's dealing with is, a Ukrainian energy company. So so this is the, the thing that they're trying to nail him on? Yeah. Alright, because bribery is one of the few things you can actually bring an, impre- an impeachment trial or, like, an impeachment case forward. It's bribery, treason, treason and then... High crimes and misdemeanors. So so high crimes and misdemeanors is the catch-all, because I I think that fell out of, like, British parliamentary law. High crimes is basically any crime that you abused your office to commit. So you could theoretically impeach a president for almost any reason. Yeah. Which is fine. Impeachment is so impossible, sure. Well, I know, it is impossible. But, like, we do have a president that's, like... Not adhering to he didn't give didn't, up his his company he did not give we, up his company we have a president who's flagrantly uh flagrantly broken the law time and time again uh like not even as a not even like a jokey way like yeah. he and i I do feel like. It might be kind of a waste of time to pursue impeachment. I, in my heart, feel like it's the right thing to do. It's highly unlikely. And I also think it's pretty ludicrous that... (sighs) Hear me out. I think that the Russia stuff is largely overblown. Yeah. I think that the Ukraine stuff most likely is pretty largely overblown. Uh, We don't talk about all the other truly awful heinous stuff that donald trump has done is doing and will do uh because for some reason the only stuff that we seem to really want to stick him with is the weird spy movie stuff that gives him more credit than he deserves yeah J- just I mean, because just, he's just like, like finance law could probably get him like if the irs the irs should really be the one like heading any sort of investigation yeah that's how we got capone like yes yes the problem is we get Capone because we wanted him. Then There's a weird... That's assuming that any government agency is at all interested in getting the president hey, of the United um, States, which none of them are because they benefit from the status quo. Which is sad. Like, it's sad that so many things are politicized. Like, the CIA is very, very right-leaning for some reason when it should not be. Not the CIA, the FBI. Mm-hmm. When the FBI should just want justice and yeah. the truth, there's no, there's no centristism in America. Everything is left or right. I feel like the only people who are centrists are self interested fascists. Yeah, uh, it's everything is. I guess everything is left or right, but that's not really the correct dichotomy because there's a lot of people on the left and the right more on the right Uh, but there are definitely people on both sides who stand for absolutely the wrong things yeah look I'm not saying that the labels are accurate yeah I'm just saying in this country there is the left and there is the right and nothing else like when it comes to the popular discourse the popular discourse is majorly made up of the right did this the left did this Let's fight about it. Yeah. And for a, in, in some ways, a lot of that is manufactured because we've created the poison we're drinking. We brewed it. Uh, but yeah. what about libertarians? Just conservatives that smoke weed. <laughs> well, I mean, libertarians exist. Centrists exist. People who don't identify as left or right exist. Anarchists are a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, anti-capitalists is a new party that I want to make. Feel free. Just uh, do the document. Write it up. What's the document? Just write it up. Like a manifesto? Yeah. If you, if only there was some kind of anti-capitalist manifesto you could write. Now, here's the thing. I'm not trying to say communism mm-hmm. or socialism. Just anti-capitalism. What would you... Re- oh, so replace capitalism with nothing. Replace capitalism. Yeah. Period. Yeah. I don't care what comes next. Uh-huh. I just want capitalism <laughs> gone. We'll figure that out once capitalism's gone. I will burn capitalism when we get to that bridge. Yes. And then uh, something else will be on the other side, I'm sure. All I'm Almost saying... Almost definitely would be better than what we have right now. All of the hardships that we exist... That we exist... All of the hardships that we suffer under under capitalism might make a man twisted. <laughs> Look, I'm just saying, if someone had been running for political office, most recently the highest political office, and they had been saying the same thing over and over about millionaires and billionaires and the 1% and how they control everything and how the class divide is widening and widening, and if that person gets passed over twice in an election to become President of the United States, that might make someone twisted. That might make someone... A, a twisted joker. And and to to further your point, let's say this an individual works for I don't know, let's say General Motors. And they've worked for them for years and years under horrible conditions, low benefits, not enough pay, and a group of other people who work for this General Motors company get together and they discuss they're all ubiquitously not happy with the conditions that they're subjected to on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And so they plan a strike and they go on strike. And then General Motors cancels their health care. Now this particular individual, let's say they've got type 1 diabetes. They were born with it. There's nothing they can do. Their body doesn't produce insulin, does not process sugar naturally. This is by no means their fault, but because of this they rely on insulin, which with their insurance they can get for, let's say, 250 a vial. But now that insurance is gone and the price has gone up to, I don't know, $1,250 a vial, and they go through several vials a week because their body naturally doesn't produce insulin and thus they can't pr- uh, process sugar. That kind of thing might make someone, I don't know, a little twisted. I uh, i very much, for what it's worth, shout out to General Motors. Here's what they did. <laughs> Fuck them, what? Uh, did they do a good thing? Shout out to General Motors because they had uh, the largest United Auto Workers strike in quite some time. Uh, and whoever decided to do that healthcare thing, just major kudos for lighting a serious fire under that strike and making literally every person side with the strikers. Yeah, seriously. Really, really good job on not mitigating or capitulating to their demands, making yourself look like a giant gaping asshole and just making the strikers look like the good guys. Fuck you and fuck your company. Yeah and also you're you're the society and yes. all of your workers are twisted all of your workers are twisted now What will you do with all of these twisted workers? They can't return to work. Twisted. They're they're so twisted. All of them in clown makeup. All of them dancing down steps. Yeah, every every single one of them has become irrevocably twisted. But they're still in the union, so you gotta bring them back eventually. And you gotta create a lot of twisted positions for them. Twisted auto engineers. Yeah, those twisted auto engineers make a lot more. (laughs) Oh. Yeah. yeah, it's like they all went off and got, like, additional degrees, but the degrees are in a society. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the impeachment process in a nutshell, and so... I, and the United Autoworkers strike. Got them both. The two things yeah. I want to talk about. Well, I, here's the thing. I think, if nothing else, this is a very historic time in our nation. We've only seen this maybe come to fruition or... or We've only really gone through this process twice, but we've gone through the motions of it three times. Yes. And it's never been successful. And the odds of it being successful this time are are slim. Because of the way the compositions of the houses and because so much relies on the Senate. But this is still very historic for the U.S. Never before have we had a leader that we've hated, that, that, that has had such a low approval rating... That has had such verbal outcry on a daily basis. Yeah, there were like LBJ, LBJ. How many kids have you killed today? With with the the Vietnam War and all that. Yeah, but that was wartime, and that was that was a. This is just every day. Yeah, there's no there's no one incident we can point to. It's just a lot. Yes, and it doesn't matter what side. I guess if you're on the right, you turn a blind eye to a lot of this stuff. Oh, I don't think that's what they do. I don't know what they do. As as an unbiased, I'm not left or right. I am an unbiased, unpartied citizen. I can't, I don't know how you look at this from an outward position and not see it as a travesty for the nation, as a low point in our history. Just because of the outward facing presentation. We've never had this... Not well spoken of a leader before. We've never had a leader so reviled. Uh, I or at least I don't think we have. I mean, we can't have. But the the world doesn't like him. The other countries don't like him, and we've had we've had tensions with other countries before. But it's never been with our allies. Yeah, it's never been with Canada. Yes. If you piss off Canada, what did you do wrong? And Canada had like a blackface scandal, and no one like that kind of just passed over in a week the uh gotta love uh gotta love justin trudeau just being straight up saying number one i don't know how many times i've worn blackface number two it's because i'm really into costumes <laughs> i love costumes yeah, okay so i cannot tell you how many times i've done full blackface does wasn't he dressed as aladdin yeah he's done brown face what no but it, it was not brown face. I'm sorry. Was it? I have not seen the pictures. I've seen the I've seen the pictures, and Trevor Noah had a really good bit. It's like, yeah, it's one thing if you really commit to a character, but you're not dressed as Aladdin. You're dressed as Aladdin doing blackface. <laughs> uh, yes, that's fair. Uh, I, I just love that he's like, yeah, I don't know how many times I've done Blackface. I love costumes. Yeah, okay. What a good defense. What, what, a, what a great defense. All I'm saying is, this is a historic moment, for good or for bad. Whatever happens, pay attention to it. It's going to be taught in history books. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, this period of time that we are living in right now will probably have a, a pretty big part of future history books, like 50 years down the line, if books still exist. Uh, well, history will be recorded somehow. Yeah, when we're, like, talking to each other around fires. <laughs> because the world has just been destroyed? Yeah. But no, 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 no. We'll have, like, uh, we'll have, like shrines to uh, to Greta Thunberg. <laughs> <laughs> like, All you f- could have saved us. If only we had listened. Yeah. I mean, that is the problem, is people aren't actually listening to what she's saying. But it's fine. That whole thing is fascinating. The Greta Thunberg thing. Mm-hmm. Because she is, like, a well-spoken, like, intelligent young woman, young girl. I don't know how to refer to her. Like, she is is a Gen Z goddess. (laughs) Just bringing awareness about an issue that she cares about. Yeah, because it directly impacts her. And people are fucking attacking this child. Uh, They're tearing a child apart. So, uh, this is two problems. Uh, So... Maybe it's one problem. Remember when I said that people on the right aren't turning a blind eye to, like, the lawlessness and the debasedness of our current president? Yeah. It's because they aren't turning a blind eye. They're seeing it and they're loving it. They're celebrating it. They're celebrating it because I do believe that people on the left and people on the right, uh, maybe the majority of them, uh, are in such, like, deep materialistic holes. So I don't believe that the, your average person in America is seeing politics through, like, a, an objective reasoning point of view. I think that they're seeing it in more of a... Let's take shoes, for example. Right? Let's assume that you have two... Like, a pair of, uh... Airwalks from, like, Target or whatever. And let's assume those shoes are exactly the same quality as Nike's. Assume. Uh what we're doing right now in politics is people are choosing the nike's again and again even though they come at the cost of their soul. Uh people are <laughs> making people are making the choice to support things not for uh the purpose of objective reasoning but because of the intangible benefits it gives them for their self-image. So people people support people on the far right and the president not because I, I don't think that in their hearts they' they're the cruel people who want to keep people out and put kids in cages. but I do believe that their desire to identify with something is greater than their basic human decency, so they will sacrifice that and let kids be put in cages. This might explain a tweet that had a little uh, made a little waves. Uh, this past, uh, this might have been Monday, mm-hmm. uh, by a person who I don't want to, I don't want to say his name, but he's a U.S. commentator for politics. I don't. His first name's Dinesh. That might give you a clue. Okay. He wrote children, notably Nordic white girls with braids and red cheeks. Ooh, this is got to be a D'Souza. <laughs> were often used in Nazi propaganda. <sighs> An old gobbles technique. Looks like today's progressive left is still learning its game from an earlier left in the 1930s. Depicted below this is a Nordic braided girl Nazi propaganda image put directly to, next to a picture of Greta Thunberg. Yeah. There's a lot to unpack in that tweet. One, the Nazis were the left... Uh, that's a that's a common misnomer because they're like Nazis was National Socialists. Nazis were hardcore conservatives. Yeah, uh, absolutely in everything, uh, and it was a joke. Uh, but also comparing propaganda to literally how a small girl looks. And hey, here's is the here's insane. the thing: it's like oh, the left picked this girl. No, she Greta Thunberg has done everything by herself. She, yeah. She's she's raised her her, her public image she she's putting forth this message this is all her yeah an individual there's no machine behind her other than the machine that she herself is creating in this climate change movement the the <laughs> the mental gymnastics that you have to do to be like oh the left chose this girl the left is the one putting this girl in my face Therefore, I'm going to compare her to Nazis. It's it's because the I I thoroughly believe that the, the soulless monster who made that tweet and also the people who liked it and retweeted it, nothing gets below the surface. Like, nothing gets to, like, mental cream that has risen to the top for these people because... It's not making decisions out of basic human empathy. It is sacrificing a part of your soul and your reasoning to identify with something. Yeah, And uh, those people uh, should be, uh, okay. They should be put into a society. They should be put into a society outside they, of our current society. And then we'll rise up. As gamers. As jokers. As jokers. As twisted people. Twisted jokers. Uh, but also, I do believe that the same problem very much exists on the left. Also talking about Greta. So, there are a a number of people on the left, especially people who would, like, self-identify as liberal and progressive, who very much are uh, are lauding what Greta is doing and talking about. There's... There's a lot of yesing on social media. There's a lot of sharing. There's a lot of talking about her being like a future politician, which 100% misses the point. Yeah. Um, but it's people who are like, she's saying things that like trigger in me the virtues that I want to have as being part of something. And these people continue to order things on Amazon Prime, uh, purchase from monopolistic corporations, continue to eat meat, don't use public transit. Like everyone who is, Everyone who is talking about how great this person is is making almost no changes to their personal behavior to impact their carbon footprint, continuing to support the same monopolistic corporations that are killing us, are doing nothing to be active in their communities or active with like local or like state or even federal politics it's not people being politically engaged it's people being engaged with their own personal brand and what they want to have it associated with it's lip service yeah it's it's people being like this sounds like what i want to be associated with and making no change yeah it's it's and um, those people are, will walk us off the cliff it's the twitter people who are like yes queen get it and like retweeting it which is like i'm raising awareness as I changed nothing about my yeah, life. it's like, yes, Queen, get it. Next post, love Chick Fil A. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like it's it's complete garbage. And the if you look at her speaking and like being like tearful and red faced and crying and furious and like urging us to do anything else than what we're currently doing, they're seeing that, but they're not getting it. And and that's so what Greta, she's yelling at. She's not yelling at people who are other than us. Yeah, she's yelling at us. Greta is then the uh, the center. I guess in that she she objectively cares about humanity not boiling to death it's or not, drowning. It sounds to me like she might be a one uh pol- a one a one policy candidate. Uh, I mean, <laughs> you gotta have more than what. Running a government is much yeah. more than climate Man, change. It's, it's a shame she's running for president. I wish she had more policies. Uh, a one-issue candidate? This like, this, like, This like Greta 2036 stuff makes me sick because it's people not getting it because by, she's like... She's not an American citizen. It's people just being fun. But the idea of, like, uh, her her being a world leader in a way... A lot of people are being like, ah, Greta 2020, Greta 2036 or whatever, doing math or whatever. But it's like, it's not the point. Like, by the dates you're giving, the planet will already be doomed. All I'm saying is, look, when the climate wars begin, I'm going to be on her faction. Yes. Because then... We all have to have pigtails. Well, Well, I... I feel like I would lose a lot of weight because there wouldn't be a lot of food going around because we're trying to reduce our carbon footprints. Yeah. Uh, but I would still like have my Nintendo Switch. I guess by then it's like a Nintendo Switch plus. Yeah. You can have a hand crank. A hand cranked Nintendo Switch. Yeah. I don't know. I, I get what Greta is saying and I get that yes, massive change in a large scale is needed. I also think that corporations are absolutely the greatest violators of climate change sort of things. Mm-hmm. And they absolutely need to change. Their change would make a bigger dent in the problem than me not eating beef anymore. Yeah, but I mean, I, I think that Greta's speaking to both things. It's like, Greta's Greta's talking about like treating the climate like it's not a problem and imagining that are like economic problems progress will continue indefinitely is a joke. Yeah. Because she's, she's addressing policymakers. She's addressing people who have the power to control monopolistic corporations. But also, there's some amount of personal ownership for our relationship with the climate and being being conscious of the choices you make uh, matters very little, but it definitely matters. As soon as they make fake meat, you bake what is... Everywhere it's coming. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not putting like a. This is not me saying when pigs fly. I'm saying as soon as like synthetic meat is readily available. Yeah, I think will be like by twenty by in twenty twenty. Yeah, I feel like that's going to happen. I'll make the switch. Yeah. I will absolutely make the switch. But for, for why would this, this isn't something that we could argue about for hours on the podcast, but I will say, why would you not make the switch now? Imagine fake meat didn't exist. Imagine no form of fake meat existed right now whatsoever, How, but you could eat everything else and you could get the nutrition you need to live. Why would you not make the change right now? And that's a really good argument. It it's, and for personal comfort, it comes down to convenience, personal comfort, anxiety in me, in me as a, as an individual. Mm-hmm. Cause change that takes a lot to build up to. Yeah. And that might not be a good excuse, but that's just what it is. And it, and it comes down to a lot of habit. Mm hmm. And, and absolutely, those are things that I could work on and, and like, but it would take years. Yeah. And so, if synthetic meat is developed and in it's in the meantime. such... If only... It would be a shame if we only had, like, 11 years to solve the climate crisis. Look. It would be a shame if there was, like, a clock ticking down right now to our extinction that we are watching this person that like, would, talk that to. That would be horrible. That would be horrible. If it would, would really make someone twisted. It would make someone twisted. And also, look. I don't know. I've been alive longer than 11 years. My problem's... Probably vastly outweigh the problems that the so-called Earth is facing. Yeah. Where's a proof the Earth exists. Uh, so, it, it's crazy to think that personal comfort will result in, like, children drowning by the millions in a few years. I mean, this is, this is the thing, though. Like, we humans have these horrible borders that we place on ourselves. This mm-hmm. is This might be a result of the society that we live in. But so, we're, we are creatures of comfort, and it takes a lot of mental strain, a lot of energy to break down those barriers. Yeah. And, and you multiply this, the stupid things that I'm saying, times a million, times a billion. Yeah. And those some, most of those people actually believe in the shit mm-hmm. like that. Like, oh, no, I, uh, what's wrong with cows? Yeah. What? No, cows is good. Or, or like what? you have, C- Cows is good. Or like you have cultures where it's ingrained in their, like, cultural belief to do things that are harmful for the planet. Cows is good. Cows is good. Cows is not Why good. Are you trying to tell me cows is be- Cows is good. It's... My whole family been raising cow year. Good. S- years. Now, the, the thing that I worry about is I don't like return to nature fallacies or naturalistic arguments... But I do believe that the single thing that the human brain is worst at is making change that either makes us expend effort or change, Mm -hmm. because both of those are evolutionarily expensive. Yeah. And we're like, if we could just, like, lay in a pile of hay and procreate and, like, eat eggs and beef that would be fed to us, that's all our body wants, is they're like, give us protein, give us fat, give us carbohydrates, give us babies. Yeah. And if we could have all of that without moving, great. Evolutionary theory is like, hey, as long as you are you have offspring and they keep going, all of the decisions you made are good. Yeah, and that's as, why we uh, don't want to change because we're like, we know what's happening right now is working and that I am continuing to draw breath. There's a reason why the sloth is still as slow as it is. It's because it's worked. I mean, the but, sloth is still propagated into the future. Generations keep going, even mm-hmm. though it's a really slow, kind of clumsy, kind of... Sloths sometimes miss the like the branch that they're holding, and yeah. then they just fall. They just fall. <laughs> and then they die. <laughs> they just fall to their deaths, and there's <laughs> nothing they can do. The point is, everything, every choice, good or bad, has resulted in humans propagating into the future. And therefore, all choices are good choices from an evolutionary standpoint. Yeah. And that is the hardest force in the world, and we are the only animals on the planet that have the sentience, yeah, arguably, maybe. maybe dolphins, I don't know, that, but, that, that can wrestle with that. Yeah, we're the only ones who can make a choice about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, it's insane to me to think about sometimes that we, we have the cognition to be like, this is probably wrong. But I mean, I don't... The problem is talking about like my diet versus others and whatever they consume. Like We all know that eating... Over a certain amount of meat is bad. But yeah. there's also arguments that eating a small amount of meat is better than eating no meat. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, but also... As big of you to concede? But it's also something totally... And I'm also... I also don't do what I do for ecological reasons. But if we look at, like, the flip side of this... You know, I... I thought you'd... You're... I story for ecological reasons, but it's mostly about animals. Yeah, I don't want things what, to... Your whole thing, I thought, was about the carbon footprint of the, of the beef industry. That's when I started. Oh. When so... I started, it was totally ecological. Now it's different. Uh, now, what? Now I just don't want things to suffer uh, for my personal benefit. But if we like, look at the other side of this, outside of like, diet conversations, we actively engage in behaviors probably worse than eating meat... Like ordering things overnight or not shopping locally, or buying from mega corporations, or not voting, these are behaviors that are much more easily fixed on yeah. our diets, because the thing about a diet is like, I do believe in what I do like ecologically, politically, and emotionally, but I also think that there's way more changes that are more impactful that we could make a lot easier, but we still don't. Amazon Prime. Is a huge fucking problem. Yes. If you, like, because it's race to the bottom for overnight and two-day shipping, which has a uh, tremendous carbon footprint. And I I hate, hate Jeff Bezos, Bezos, whatever the fuck his name is. I don't like him as a person. Yeah. I don't like him as a business owner. I don't like him. Mm Mm-hmm. And yet I still have an Amazon Prime subscription. Yeah. I still buy things off Amazon on occasion. Yes. Jeff Bezos said years ago that his goal for Amazon Prime was to make it so regardless of people's feelings towards Amazon, it would be considered uh, unreasonable not to have an Amazon Prime subscription. Which is, like, the most evil way you could word that. Regardless of how you feel about me and my evil ways, I want people to look at you like you're insane for not paying me. Well, the thing is, like, I keep Amazon Prime a lot for the the content, the the videos, the original series that they make. Yeah. More so than the two-day shipping, just Mm -hmm. because I'm a purveyor of art, a consumer of media, a monster that cannot be sated. Mm Mm-hmm. The, the free shipping is a side effect, and but I say that, and the weird thing is I don't unclick that free two-day shipping thing. I don't... Because you're like, eh, it's convenient, what could it well, hurt? Well, it's like I'm paying for it. Yeah. It's a $100 it's, a year. It's mine. There's a lot of weird thinking that goes into it, like the things I just said, like I'm paying for it, and that... All of my money represents shards of my time that I've sold to a company that I hate. Yeah. So all of the money I spend is, is, is sort of like run through that filter. Mm-hmm. All I'm saying is the main problem that you are describing, that I am describing, that millions of people describe every day and they don't know it. Anti-capitalism. I mean, it is capitalism. Get rid of capitalism. Cap- that would solve so many problems. No more 40-hour work week. Uh Uh-huh. No more Jeff Bezos. Thanks, unions, about the 40-hour work week. Mm. Try harder, unions. Uh, They used to be 80. I know they (laughs) used to be 80, but I feel like like, 40 was the compromise, and they were supposed to keep going, and then Uh, they didn't. 40 was the compromise, and then they took all unions' powers away in a lot of pretty big states. Yeah, I know. They were like, hey, unions are too powerful. All I'm saying is... Well, I can't say all I'm saying is because I'm I'm, I'm all over the place. I'm very tired. That's fine. But what you're saying... Capitalism is the problem, the end. Capitalism is the problem and the Joker is the solution. All I'm saying is, look, if... Damn it, stop saying that stupid phrase! (laughs) What you're saying is... What I'm saying is, if you live in a system... A society. If you live in a society where Jeff Bezos says, even if you hate me... It would be ludicrous not to shop with me. That might make a person a little different, twisted, if you will. Uh, so yeah, my call to action for all the fams: do the no rush shipping on Amazon if you have to pay Amazon anything. But also, you know what you you know what you can do to not pay shipping? What? Buy local. Buy local. Drive your ass to the store and buy things at local stores. <laughs> if they don't have what you want. Ask them to get it. They usually will. And if you buy from a if you are blessed to live in a city that does not have a preponderance of big box stores, like we do in Austin, Texas, go to stores where only a few of them exist and buy things from them. That's right. Get in your car, burn up tons of fossil fuels to drive yourself to a location where other fossil fuels were burned to bring the products to that store, and if they don't happen to have your plastic-based product that you want, tell them to order it, and then more fossil fuels, what I'm trying to demonstrate is, the problem persists, John. <laughs> the problem persists, but you also, it it is about a hundred times more expensive in terms of carbon to have something shipped to you than to drive and get it. Okay. Hundreds of times. Do you have sources for that? Just out of curiosity, not to be like, uh... I can look them up and we can put them in the description. But yeah, I I would want to absolutely do that because getting things shipped to you is very expensive. I also want to read that. I also want to like be informed about that because if that's true, then hey, that's it. I'm vegan. I'll (laughs) I'm going to go to my own local store to buy my own local carrots. Carrots. I thought it was all about like whatever the fuck a lentil is. (laughs) Oh, no, it's all about the lentils. Let me tell you. All I eat is, Ooh, I'm going to go home and eat some. I know you already ate. Yeah, I got excited about lentils, but I ate an Impossible Burger for lunch. Ooh. Talk about carbon footprint. Yeah, yeah. Where would you get that Impossible Burger, son? My work. The, the work cafeteria? Put in a petition, and then they... I put in a request, and then they started selling the Impossible Burger, so... That's me. All right. Brief pause from the podcast, John. I'm a little bit of a Greta myself. No, 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 no! I'm, I'm just. I just want to compare your workplace to mine. Uh huh. Your workplace listens to you and like actively goes out of their way to cater to you. My workplace charges people vacation days. Oh boy! For days they should just give us. That's fair. I know you're struggling with your job. <laughs> oh, it's not even close. My job is... My job is an existential pain. Your job is actual, like, living in hell. Okay. That's not lost on me. We'll go back into the podcast now. <laughs> okay, and... Oof. 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 Well, we're right around the one hour mark. And what we could do right now is talk about the Emmys, even though not neither of us watch them. Neither of us see... I know no one who won an Emmy, personally, or professionally. I know a few... Off the top of my head, uh, Jason Bateman won for directing in a drama series. Oh, nice uh, Ozark, Ozark, yeah, nice. Which I, I feel like is really good for him. I I watched the first season of Ozark. It was okay. Yeah, but I, he I, you can tell he, he's really passionate about the project. He, it's his first sort of directing sort of thing. Yeah, and then he's, he's invested a lot of time and effort into it. And if you if you get a chance, look up the picture of him winning. He absolutely did not think he was going to win. Really? His face. I kind of just want to bring it up right now. um, Just so you can see it and react to it live on the podcast. It requires me spelling Jason Bateman's name correctly. J-Y. Whew, that's not right. This is his face when his name was announced. Oh, he he looks... uh, Oh, everyone around him is freaking out. And he does not seem to believe it. He... Yeah... His face is a mixture of shock and also nonplussed. Yeah, he's like, "Huh." That that's yeah. a real "huh" face. That's a like, real. That is like a. He's. His eyebrows are surprised, <laughs> but his mouth is in a grimace. Yeah, <laughs> that's a that's a really hard face to parse. This is a real Jason Bateman face. This yeah. is a real Michael Bluth like face. I'm glad he's not freaking out because I don't know that I've ever seen him freak out other than his great role in Ozark. I, I liked Ozark. Yeah, I liked Ozark because it's like it's basically like we're going to do Breaking Bad but the family is in on it. Yeah. And, and, that, and it's like okay that, that's a route to explore absolutely that's a story that hasn't been told yet. And also all of the rednecks are the best characters. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the 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 I forget her name but the actress who plays Ruth Oh, she's the best part of that show. Yeah, that's her. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, that's the mom, too. All the people from Ozark are there. Yeah. yeah, they're surrounding him, and they're so excited for him and so happy for, for him. And mm. he's just... I think that's really great for Jason Bateman. I, yeah. I don't know what the politics is for deciding who wins an Emmy. I know that he was up against Game of Thrones and stuff like that because those are that, that's a, dr- a drama series. Mm-hmm. And he did, absolutely didn't expect to win, but I, I, I've i always liked him. I just don't know how they're going to pick the Emmy winners now that Jeffrey Epstein isn't around to tell them who to pick. Is that a thing? <laughs> uh, no. Okay. Uh, also, um, I just like to create conspiracy theories. Gotcha. You know I me. Mean. Bill Hader won, of, of course, for a uh, lead in, a, in a, co- a comic role, but weirdly snubbed. I guess, I don't know if snubbed is the right word, but w- weirdly didn't win. Henry Winkler did not repeat a win for his supporting role Oh, in Barry. And uh, ho Hank, whose actor name I cannot remember. No idea. But he is definitely the breakout star of Barry. Nominated for the first time, also did not win. Yeah, it's a pleasure just to be nominated. It, it but is it's better here. to win. I think Fleabag uh, swept a lot of categories. Fleabag's so good. I need to watch it. Apparently there are two seasons. Yeah, I would recommend Fleabag. It's uh, very dark and very funny. It's... I don't know if it's darker than it is funny or funnier than it is dark. I left that show with a lot of emotions, but it's Phenomenal. Now, when you say dark, do you mean like grim dark, or do you mean just like dark in an existential kind of way? Uh, dark in a way that it is just humans doing human stuff in a not very theatrical way. Well, that's the kind of dark I can get behind. Yeah, because there's a certain type of dark that we've discussed before in this podcast that uh, that has come up in my regular conversation often enough that I feel like I need to address it again. But the boys on mm-hmm. Amazon, where, like, superheroes kill people and, like, loss of life is treated, like, as a thing that just happens. I feel like we need less of that kind of dark. That's dark to be dark. Fleabag is, Fleabag is dark because it's, it's all about the grand pointlessness of almost every human interaction. Nice. <laughs> uh, Fleab- I mean, I can get behind that. That's yeah. like how BoJack Horseman is dark. Fleabag is also very sad. But it's very funny. It's, all like it's got all Jack of the. It's, it's got both of the theater masks. It's got cry guy and happy boy. Cry guy and happy boy. Cry guy and happy boy. Um, and other than that, I think Game of Thrones might have won something, but not for writing, which was the important part. Good because the writing. Oh. Huh. I just depressed myself by just saying <laughs> the writing should have won an Oscar. I'm just gonna scroll through uh, Emmy winners real quick, just to see if anything else uh, stands out. I had it pulled up, but then I searched for Jason Bateman. That's why this this lull is here. Oh, what if it was just Jason Bateman over and over again? <laughs> nah. So Fleabag, outstanding comedy series, of course. Limited series Chernobyl. Have you? Did you watch Chernobyl? I did not watch Chernobyl. I need to dip back into my HBO Go. Right. Uh, Julia Gardner, who plays Ruth, won for Ozark. Nice. Outstanding drama series was Game of Thrones. That's the that's the award they got. Okay. Uh Peter Dinklage won for Game of Thrones. Not his best season, I'm just gonna say right now. Um just scrolling through. Flea Bag, uh Phoebe Phoebe? Yeah, Phoebe Waller Bridge. Mm-hmm. Lead actors com- comedy series, one for that. But 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 here's a so here's the supporting actor. Com- com- comedy series, so both Stephen Root and Henry Winkler were, were up for this, and Anthony Carrigan, Carrigan, three actors from Barry, up for for supporting actor in a comedy series. what to Tony Shalhoub? Oh, for uh, Miss Maisel, marvelous Miss Maisel. Hundred. 100- Listen, I have mixed feelings about Miss Maisel. He a thousand percent deserves that. He's so okay. good at he's so good in Miss Maisel. Okay, I. I honestly feel like I would have preferred NoHo Hank to win just because that guy's never been nominated for an Emmy and I'd love for him to win yeah. the first time. Uh, b- but I, l- I feel like Tony Shalhoub's character is actually better than NoHo Hank. But it isn't as impressive as a breakout role as NoHo Hank is. Well, okay. Well, I feel like that's a really good thing to unpack. The Tony Shaloub role is better on its own merit Yes. But we want to give Noho Hank, his his actor, Anthony Kerrigan, we want to give him his props. Yeah. And I think this is one of the cases where him being nominated is absolutely his props. That, yeah. that is him, his recognition. He's not being snubbed by whoever makes the decision to nominate. Mm-hmm. He absolutely is doing great work. He's the best character and Barry, we've only seen the first episode of season two, mm-hmm. but he has this great moment where like he appears in the store in disguise. Uh, the Lululemon store, so good. That's good. But then what really got to me, he appears later in that same episode and he, he it's very clear. It's like, oh shit, that's right. He's a mobster. Yes. He means business and he, <laughs> he has a really great line. It's like, don't fuck with me. It's impolite. (laughs) It's so good. And the way he delivers it. He's like, he's so serious, so intense. Like we, I almost wanted to pause it in that moment. And, and but I said it out during the episode to my wife. I'm like, he, I'm actually intimidated by him because I know how silly he can be. And the fact that he's like, I didn't come in disguise. I'm talking to you now straight. Do this. Or else. And, like, just that delivery, yeah. just all of the, like, the, the, the detail, all of that, and just his delivery was so good that I was like, shit, I'm scared of NoHo Hank. Uh, he's, he's very good. Anthony Carrigan, you said? Uh, how would you pronounce bottom name on that list? Oh, Anthony Carrigan, I Carrigan, uh, Kerrigan. Anthony Carrigan. Uh, but, yeah, I, I would say Tony Shalhoub probably deserves it on pure merit, but absolutely Noah Hank is great. I will say this was the last chance for Tony Hale to win an Emmy for Veep. Tony Hale's character is great in Veep. A lot of people think, well, that's too similar to Buster Bluth. I think maybe that's just Tony Hale's energy. I think Tony Hale's a phenomenal actor, and he should uh, definitely keep acting. I should watch Veep. Veep is good. All right. All right we're just going to keep uh, Bill Bill Hader and Barry, already talked about, keep going. Writing in a variety series went to Ben Silva from last week tonight with John Oliver. Sure. Pour one out for him. Uh what the fuck? Oh wait. What? There's a ton of winners in this category. It's the entire writing staff of last week tonight. Oh so let's just name a few other than Ben Silva, Joanna Rothkop. Get it. Uh Raquel De sorry, bitchering yeah. your names, Julie Wiener, Owen Parsons. There's a lot of writers. One of them is John Oliver. Nice. Finally oh, John wow. Oliver. Finally, he gets a. Wow, I didn't realize when you nominate a writing staff, you gotta put f- all for of the them. Emmys. Yeah, everybody gets put. John Mulaney was on this list. Weird for documentary now. Oh, that's good. Uh, I I just like John Mulaney. Uh, we're just scrolling through uh, writing in a comedy series. Went to uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Nice, get it, Phoebe. Uh, Jason Bateman and one for directing. We already talked about that. And I think that kind of sums up the Emmys. Who nice. cares about the rest of it? You know, yeah, no one cares. The Emmys is one of those uh, one of those award shows where the categories just keep going on and on. In fact, like two weeks ago, there was like another Emmys. I think it's called like the Creative Emmys. Which oh, is, is like... this like the Technical Oscars? Yeah, like the technical Oscars, like there's like the creative Emmys. So during the Emmys, they don't they don't during the actual Emmys, I, the the one that's televised, they don't do like the animated show or anything like that. So like two weeks before, they announce all those winners, mm-hmm. and The Simpsons picked up a win for the first time since like 2008. Nice, muscling out with all of their Simpsons muscles, muscling out great shows like uh, Rick and Morty, BoJack Horseman, Big Mouth. Oh, fuck The Simpsons. Well, the thing is, like, it's a stacked category. How do you pick a winner? But I don't know anyone who's watched an episode of The Simpsons in the last seven years. I honestly... It's one of those shows I forget is on, but then, like, know it's on, because it's the longest-running animated show in history. Yeah, it's like, sure, it continues to exist, but I have not seen an episode in probably ten-plus years. Yeah. Interesting. Anyway. Anyway. The Emmys... So we like to we we usually like to cover these award shows because it's like a good snapshot of where culture is. But I I'm kind of drifting away from that mindset just because there's so much good television these days that the award show I feel like does a disservice. The award shows mean less and less. Yeah, if everything is good, I don't care about the best. Yeah, like if you give me an option of I don't know, the best serials. And you say, all of these cereals are the best, but this cereal, Cheerios, won a J.D. Power Associates Award for yes. safety. You get a miniature J.D. Power. <laughs> yeah, it's taped yeah. to the back of the box. Like, yeah, if all of these shows are good, and so many people have been I've been talking about a lot of these shows, like, like, I we've been meaning to watch Marvelous Miss Maisel and, and Fleabag and, and Chernobyl and all these others, We've been meaning to watch these, there's just not enough time. I've been meaning to rewatch them. I mean, I've been meaning to watch them, but God, I just can't stop re-watching Lost. <laughs> a show that's 100 episodes long and not good. <laughs> uh, I, I I want to re-watch Twin Peaks, but I'm like, there's so much good content being made The problem made is currently. Twin Peaks is perennial. You can't go wrong with Twin Peaks because there's not a lot of it, and boy... The return on investment for Twin Peaks, it's like an inverse... It's the, There's an inverse relationship of return on investment for Lost versus Twin Peaks. Yeah. For Lost, the longer you watch, the less you get out of it. For Twin Peaks, the more you watch, the more you get out of it. But It's this weird thing. So, you know, I'm playing through Deadly Premonitions and we won't get Game into it. Game of the year. We won't get into <laughs> Game it. Game of the year, this year, all year. But every hour of Deadly Premonitions makes like an itch scratch in my brain that's like, you need to rewatch Twin Peaks. Yeah, you're not wrong. That is, if the only thing you walk away from Deadly Premonition with is, I need to rewatch Twin Peaks. I think that uh, Sweary did his job correctly. <laughs> but my point is, in a time when all of the shows are good, I don't care who wins. I want to watch all of them. Like, yeah. usually we we gauge these award shows for what is worth my time. In a, in a time where. My time is limited. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in this case, it's like, well, I don't think you can go wrong if you watch any of the nominees. Yeah. I can't say the same about the Oscars, because movies, I feel like, do have, like, it, it, it's a different sort of medium, and while you can watch all those movies, and you you can watch them faster than you watch a, telev- a television show, I feel like the Oscars absolutely sort of tries to nail down what is the Best in film today. Yeah. The problem is the Academy gets it wrong too often. Mm Mm-hmm. So so that's just... I kind of wanted to cover the Emmys, but at the same time, I kind of didn't want to cover the Emmys. It's it's this weird thing. I mean, it's important to talk about. Do you want to do a supplemental reading of El Camino? The Breaking Bad movie? I would absolutely love... Okay. Fans, you know, I do not watch trailers. The El Camino trailer came out today. Without hesitation, I clicked on it. Yes, you are aware that Alamo Draft House is doing a theatrical release for El Camino, right? No, you can go to Alamo Draft Houses the second it premieres and watch it at Alamo Draft House. When is it premiere? October something, like October thirteenth or something. Are you going? Probably. Can I go with you? I think tickets went on sale a couple days ago. I should probably check on that They're tonight. Hopefully sold out. Yeah. Uh, but we'll see. I Yes. Okay, good. So we have to do a supplementary of that and Joker. And with that, we can probably <laughs> So we have to do two supplementary readings, one of El Camino, one of Joker. We've promised that, and that's about it for the episode. Now that we have made two <laughs> promises we don't want to keep. What? No, I want to I want to abs- I would absolutely love doing a supplemental reading of the Joker, El Camino, Joker. <laughs> Elka Joker. <laughs> All I'm saying is, if I was held captive by neo Nazis and forced to make meth, that might make that might you make me a little twisted. They wait. What if we go to the Alamo Draft House and the the cr- the title comes up and we realize? Oh, it's just the same movie. <laughs> El Camino <laughs> and the Joker are S- the same. Same movie. Same movie, bro. Who wore it better? Who wore it better? Wore it better. That's who was... wore it better. Who... Aaron Paul or Joaquin Paul? <laughs> Joaquin. That's my favorite uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson movie. Joaquin Paul. He hits. He hits people with a two by four. Wow. Hey. You know what 2x4 you should hit our fans with right now? A big one. A big one indeed. It's the social (laughs) media 2x4. That's right. If you want to send us a 2x4, you can't because we're not going to give you a P.O. box. However, (laughs) we will not give you the satisfaction of opening a P.O. box. It's impossible to prove your identity in the United States with a P.O. box. You need a physical address. Is this uh, classist ruse to keep indigence from becoming part of our society? Are they the true outcasts? They are making the sidewalk outside of the arch smaller so homeless people can't camp there and make people on 6th Street uncomfortable. And if you have feelings about that, you can send us a tweet at zcpcwhj on twitter.com, which stands for Henry. Zoker, Coker, Poker, Coker, Woker, Hoker. Joker. <laughs> That's right. ZCPCWHJ on twitter.com. If you wanna send us something longer, maybe your donger. <laughs> nope. Let's, maybe uh, you're what? Maybe your donger. If you wanna uh, no if you wanna if you wanna send hog, do it to Zero Credits <laughs> is <it> a <podcast> nope. <laughs> com. It's illegal to do it from Texas. If you live in Texas. Please don't do that. I guess if, this would be you, solicited, yeah, though. If you live in oh Texas, if you ask for it, wham bam, send us the ham at zero credits as a podcast at gmail.com. He sounded a little like Scott Elder there. <laughs> wham bam, send us your ham, nickel pickle. <laughs> <laughs> We're on Facebook. We're on Facebook. You can find us by searching for Zero Credits Podcast in the Facebook search bar. We're on Spotify. And you know what? I'm on Spotify, too. I just got Spotify. So how, how is it? So much better than Amazon Music Unlimited, which sucks. Oh, I never tried that. Uh, Amazon Music Unlimited has music but sucks, whereas Spotify and Pandora are actually okay. I put in the song that I liked, and they played a song I really liked by Rubble Bucket. I never told that I liked that song by Rubble Bucket. It just knew what I was about. Listen to some Hatchie. Listen to some Better Oblivion Community Center. Shout out to Phoebe Bridger. Uh, So Spotify is good, and it's so good that we're on it. You can find us by searching for zero credit, open parentheses, S, close parentheses on Spotify. Add us to your list. It's in the podcast section of Spotify, just for the record. Just to be clear, you have to go in the podcast section, which I also think maybe means that you have to have Spotify Premium, or else maybe you listen to an episode of Zero Credits on Spotify, and then it recommends other similar podcasts to us. Probably not. Well, If you use the browser version of Spotify, I think you can find us. I don't know. Phones might be a different thing. I'm sure a lot of people use the browser version of Spotify. We are on Apple Podcasts. You can find us by searching for zero credits in the Apple Podcast Store, I guess. I've never said it like that, but yeah. It's very important that you like, comment, and comment, and rate. Uh, rate what? us and comment. <laughs> rate us fives uh if you want to, but we recommend it. It's a great way to get the word out about this podcast. However, the best way to get the word out about this podcast is the word of the mouth is the only way we can survive. So if you want to hit the street and meet... Uh, uh, neat, then do so. Uh, but you can also let them know about the podcast. I feel like is neat like a, a, a mean thing to call somebody? Well, neat usually stands for like not education, something training, and somebody who's trying to live off welfare and just oh. sprout the internet all day. Oh, you know what we all aspire Yang to, gang, me? Yang gang. Yang Gang! Yang Gang! Freedom Dividends! Yang Gang! So, if you're a member of the Yang Gang and you want your landlord to increase your rents by $1,000 every month. Oh, wow, that sucks. That's going to happen. Uh, you can uh, tell your friends. Get those Freedom Dividends. You know what pays dividends? This podcast, quarterly. <laughs> <laughs> Only in knowledge, not in dollars. Only in knowledge, not in dollars. So from everyone here... That's my job. Oh, shit. From everyone here at the Zero Credit Studio apartment, which is now a two-bath, two-bedroom apartment, we want to wish you a very happy week, and we hope you're enjoying Season 4 as much as we are. Episode 1 down, 49 to go. 48? Season of the Witch. There was no year zero. Fuck. Really? There's no year zero. Oh, man. I just want to say, for the record, I. Had, what about when all that goo was out there? I had, all that goo before it turned into people. Was that year zero? What? the goo. Primordial the goo. Primordial all the. Goo. Primordial all For the record, I had two and a half IPAs, and I didn't get weird or drunk, so (laughs) I think shut up, everyone! Bye! Bye! My problem is that all of my internal organs are bigger than everyone else's. I don't know. My liver is huge.